0: Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran Church in Las Vegas. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 37 through 52. Jesus is talking about living water. I hope you enjoy this message and share it with ones you love. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the last day of the festival... The great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some in the crowd said, This is really the prophet. Others said, this is the Messiah. But some asked, surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Has not the scripture said that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So there was a division in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. And then the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not arrest him? The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. And the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has any one of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, asked, our law does not judge a person without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? They replied, Surely you're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you will see that no prophet is to to come from Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. You know, a lot of churches, they follow something called the Revised Common Lectionary, and many of the churches down the road here will be reading some other lesson uh, from the Gospel of Luke. But uh, and what we find is when we follow the narrative lectionary, we are reading through the entire Gospel of John from Christmas to Easter. And so we get these chapters. Chapter 7 doesn't appear in any other lectionary. So most pastors would not be preaching on this passage unless they really went and picked it out. So it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting scripture to read in church, and there's a lot happening here. So we'll, I'll do my best, all right? Grace and peace to you from God our Father. In heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So many of you know I grew up in South Florida. Delray Beach is my hometown where the summers are hot and muggy. It's a special place where you can take a shower after a day of yard work and walk outside and feel like you never toweled off. It's delightful. In the summer months the afternoon thunderstorms dump inches of rain all at once. And the predictable precipitation fills empty canals and discarded tires, making a nice home for the mosquitoes. That's my home. The insects aside, the water is life-giving, right? For trees and flowers and grass and animals and people too. I miss the ocean. I miss the rain sometimes even. Here in our dry climate, we need the rain. We miss it. It's so rare it causes a commotion when it comes It's front page news when we get a good rainstorm, right? The kids will sit at the window and watch the flash floods roll down our street, taking an empty trash can for a ride, or run out back and get wet. And that living water rushes down the spring mountains and trickles through the washes and flows out to the wetlands and brings life for our desert home. It's been a dry year so far, only Uh, It's been 32 days since our last measurable rain. Well, in our story today, we hear people coming from all over to Jerusalem. It's certainly a a dry place. Oh, there we are, rain in the desert. They're there for a festival, and it's called Sukkot, the Festival of Tabernacles or Booths, and the people would camp out there, and it was a fall festival. Uh, Last week, we heard Jesus talking about the bread of life. That happened during the festival of Passover when they were eating bread. Yes, unleavened bread. And they remembered the flight from Egypt and God's liberation of the people from oppression and slavery. This week at the festival of Sukkot, they were celebrating the the harvest. The land was pretty much dried up now and all the food was, was being brought in and they would have a processional. And they still do this. People pouring out water as they called for God, yeah, there's the booths. There's a the modern-day version of what that looks like. They, they have a processional, and they pour out water, thanking God, thanking God and asking God to send life-giving rain. So during those dry months, of course, that, that water would mean prosperity, life, new birth even. The people want water. And Jesus is there during the festival saying, I have what you need. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. And Jesus quotes a, a scripture here that's kind of unknown. It, it sounds a little like Zechariah. It sounds a little like Isaiah, but it's not quite. He says, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. In our scripture, the word we hear as heart, koilia, is more accurately womb or belly. In the Hebrew culture, the belly was the seat of emotion. What we say is, oh, I, I mean it from my heart. They would say, I mean it in my belly, in my stomach. Water, new birth, connected in so many ways, right? In scripture, we hear this spirit, a wind from God that hovered over the waters in creation when the world was being born. Or maybe you think of old television and, and movies. When uh, a baby's being born, they, the man runs out to go boil water, right? It's a very scientific reason for that, you know, to get him out of the way and give him something to do. Yeah. No, but midwives, too, will use boiling water to make uh, a soothing tea or a hot compress for the new mother to bring healing, to begin that healing process during and after the baby comes into the world. What new life is Jesus bringing into the world? Those people at the festival, they were there to celebrate the harvest. Think of Thanksgiving or something like we would celebrate. They might have been confused at first. What does this Jesus mean? I have living water. What is that supposed to mean? Some believed, some didn't. John's disciples were ones who were likely a Jewish group, excommunicated from the mainstream, kind of outsiders. And we can read this fourth gospel in that context. Keep that in mind. Their practices were different. And the power that rested with the authorities in the community was often wielded against them. And of course, Jesus himself. So these leaders get upset by Jesus' teaching. And they can't believe him to be the promised one since they know this guy's from Galilee. They get agitated. And they have been since Jesus turned over the tables in the temple in Jerusalem. Some are wondering if this really could be the Messiah while others are looking to get rid of him. Now, you all know, as readers of the Gospel of John, Jesus is not from Galilee, not really. In John, God sends Jesus. Jesus is the word of God made flesh, comes from above, from God. Something new is happening. Something new is happening for us, too. Maybe we start to feel that now. In many places where winter weather is melting away, and here we know it's almost spring, we hope to get some rain. We're making plans for summer vacations. There's energy in our city. Last week it was uh, the Super Bowl. It was a big deal in Las Vegas. Before that, we had the NFL Pro Bowl and the NHL All-Star Game. State mask mandates have been dropped, though we are still taking precaution here in worship. So after this two years of pandemic life, maybe we start to feel this new energy. Something new is happening. Maybe it was a similar feeling that day in Jerusalem. Those who had held power were nervous. This something new might not be good news for them. Some of the folks were beginning to long for a change and know Jesus might have what we need. People were believing in him, especially those who saw the signs, while others could not. And we know change brings fear and conflict so often. So Jesus' statement about living water is a claim that he is the one that has new life. The elements needed for growth and new birth. He is the Savior, the Messiah. So the authorities immediately start arguing amongst themselves. Why didn't you arrest him? Oh, and our old friend Nicodemus is there among them. And he stands up for Jesus a little bit anyway at first. See, he's one of these leaders, and he says, well, you can't just kill him. You have to have a trial. That's how we do things around here. Though his argument gets shut down pretty quick. We can see Nicodemus starting to come around, and we're going to hear from him again in a few weeks. We may remember Jesus' words to Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven without being born of water and spirit, water and birth, and spirit, a new life, it's all coming together. Water and spirit. John connects this spirit to the new life Jesus brings. But as yet it had not fallen on all the believers, the flames of the Holy Spirit would come later. But for now, Jesus was calling the people to come closer, to believe, to seek out the life-giving water. I was thinking of this This. Statement and and when we first come to faith we get all excited maybe you go to to summer camp or uh, some big worship event and we say I'm on fire for Jesus you heard that before I don't think that's a good expression I I don't want to be on fire fire I mean think about fire feeds on dry stuff the 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 kindling. The flames consume the wood and what's left is ashes. Jesus promises water to quench the dry land and the dried up life we drag around at times. When we're in a rut or we face hardships or we're dragged down by the world around us, our faith can seem dried up. It's useless. I was driving the kids to school this week. Maybe you saw my post online about sharing one of my favorite musical artists with them. Weird Al Yankovic. Any fans? All right, all right, Weird Al, thank you. If you don't know him, check him out. He's been performing polka music and parody songs for over 40 years. And back in 1989, Weird Al made a movie called UHF. Kids don't know what UHF is. About a low budget television show where as a prize for winning a contest, kids get a special treat. They get to drink from the fire hose. That sounds like fun to me, right? <laughs> drinking from the fire hose. Okay, do you ever feel like you're drinking from the fire hose? When we say that, we usually mean, well, there's too much information rushing at me all at once. I can't possibly handle it. Jesus says, I am living water. Bring on the fire hose. Bring it. We want that. Give us more. We want that water of life to soak us. Soak ourselves out of the funk that we've been in. Wash off our languishing lives and the loss and grief we've carried with us these last years. I want to drink from that fire hose of Jesus' love and grace. Fill up buckets and barrels and carry it out into the world so that new life can bloom. Let's drink from the Jesus' fire hose. Can we do that? Man, think about it. When our desert gets watered and life pops up in unexpected places, And flowers show their colors when we forgot we had planted anything there. And shrubs and bushes paint the landscape with yellow and purple petals. And cacti store up needed moisture and desert wildlife rejoices. Our hearts need that too. We need to be refreshed in our faith, maybe now more than ever. Refresh us, Jesus. Jesus' word has the power to give us new life again and again. And we hear it here. We're reminded of the forgiveness and grace and blessings we have received. We are renewed when we gather to confess our sins, study scripture, feed neighbors, and work together to advocate and welcome and seek justice. Jesus is living water for us. At the festival, the people pray for rain, for fields and flocks, And the water that comes will bring life and sustain them for another season. But Jesus says, I have what you really need. They want water? Here comes the fire hose. Water will flow from the side of the crucified one. When the soldier pierces him, blood and water come out just like they do at the time of our human birth. We are born again in Jesus Christ. We need that living water, Lord. Jesus knows what we need. And we've been called to faith through the word, washed and welcomed and sent out, proclaiming the good news of the one who was put to death but is risen from the grave for us and for all the world. We don't have a tired out, dried up desert of a Lord, but a generous and living, loving God with us in Jesus who brings the water, For the thirsty and bread for the hungry. Let it flow down, Lord. Jesus is teaching and healing and preparing the people and stirring them up in faith, preparing them for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It's coming. Jesus is still speaking to us, still calling us from a dried up faith to a living, abundant life, thriving and drenched with the life giving water from Jesus. Our new birth begins in those waters of baptism, begins there. And as we serve our neighbors and delight in studying scripture and sing hymns of praise and dwell in the rivers of grace that God has given us, we walk wet, enlivened by the water that flows from our Lord, drinking from the fire hose, (laughs) and we will never be thirsty since he is our true source of the bread of life and real life-giving water. Amen.